1: Jonathan, I have to say that it has been a challenging year, but I am so glad we were able to do this show together. It means a lot.
3: Yeah, me too. I I look forward to uh, our opportunity to talk to each other and see each other, even if it's over this dumb Zoom application. I know. uh,
1: (laughs) I know. I mean...
3: It's what what we got right now, and uh, frankly, I will take it.
1: Yeah, I know that uh, the show feels to me when we do it every week like this is my this is my social time, this is my connection. But also, we're making an entertainment product, and we know listeners. Just thank you so much for reaching out to us all the time and saying how much the show means to you. Because wow, that that definitely uh, you know it's just inspiration, honestly, to keep going. It's,
3: it's very true. We love we love hearing from you, and we love. Uh, connecting with you. And we hope that you also feel that uh, spirit of connectedness, that 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 feeling that we are all in this uh, together. And with that in mind, I think it's important to say that um, none of this would be possible without your support. Listener support of public radio stations is the thing that keeps us going. And we're very grateful.
1: Yes. So we need your support today. Very simple. Just go to org slash AMA. And thank you. Hey, everybody. This is NPR's Ask Me Another. I'm Ophira Eisenberg and I'm here with Jonathan Colton. Hi everybody. Jonathan, yeah, I need some parenting advice.
3: Oh, parenting advice yeah something every parent loves to give
1: <laughs> I know I am I am ready so we're you know we're always coming up with things to do at home to play, etc. so we are playing games. he's five years old. he wants to play games mm-hmm. Candyland, Mm
4: -hmm. and
1: Old Maid, strangely, that someone gave us, which we have renamed and redone the rules of. It's now called Gold Maid. And if you (laughs) get the picture of the woman, you've won.
3: That's lovely. I love it.
1: (laughs) But here's the problem. My son can't lose.
3: He can't stand it.
1: If you start Candyland and the first card you get is Cinnamon Bun, it is going to be a tantrum. Forget it. Even in matching, if he starts to feel like you might be getting more matches, which is Mm -hmm. almost impossible, because let me tell you something else. My short-term memory, not great. (laughs) But even if par chance, I do uh, get more, he starts changing the rules. He's like, no, now we get to go Mm. two times each person. And personally, I don't care.
3: Uh-huh, uh-huh.
1: But then he plays with my husband, and Jonathan is like, no, you're cheating, you can't play that way, we have to yeah. play, and he is totally fine. Like, he's like, sometimes I win, sometimes, which he's right. Yeah. He's right. Yeah, that is
3: technically how games work. Sometimes you win, <laughs> and sometimes you lose.
1: So the question is, Jonathan Colton,
3: yeah. do I
1: teach him how to play the game, or do we just play? This is a great
3: question, and it's, <laughs> this, is, this is something that I struggled with as a parent, too, because Unlike you, I hate to lose. I cannot stand losing. I think, you know, having a little having a little distance on it now. I I would say that there is absolutely no problem with allowing your 5-year-old uh, to cheat at games. They will have plenty of time in their lives to realize that life is not fair and you don't always win. That lesson happens automatically. You don't need to teach them right away. You don't need right to reinforce it
1: every day.
3: Yeah. I will I will also say this. I will also say this. If your husband is interested in teaching your son about games and winning and losing, which I think is totally reasonable, yeah. another way he could do it that would perhaps be less contentious <laughs> is to model... Being a gracious loser.
1: Yeah, the uh, other day I was working in the bedroom, and they were playing. I know, I'm so excited. (laughs) I was working in the corner of my bedroom where I've set up a tripod with a piece of plywood on it that is my desk. And uh, they were playing Gold Maid in Mm. the main room, and I just heard this very aggressive, in unison, them going, Thank you, good game! (laughs) You know what? My conclusion is based on this, that I am, uh, I'm I'm going to do what I love doing. I'm going to let my son win. A gift. <laughs> yeah. That is my gift to him for the holidays. <laughs> he
3: appreciates it. All right. But here's the thing. That is fine for a five-year-old. I fully support that as a parenting strategy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we are adults. I'm going to insist that on this show, we play strictly by the rules. Huh. All right?
1: Nah, I'm going to let everyone win.
3: From NPR and WNYC, coming to you from beautiful Brooklyn, New York, it's NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and good sportsmanship, ask me another. I'm Jonathan Colton, now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg.
1: Thanks, Jonathan. Today's show is one of a kind. The hilarious Richard Kind will play games with comedian Ray Ellen. Also, actor and former pro football player Namdi Asabwa joins me for a fourth quarter Hail Mary interview. And we'll start things off with two of our favorite returning friend-testants. So let's play some games. Chelsea Devantes hosts the podcast Celebrity Book Club. Ashley Nicole Black writes and stars on a Black Lady sketch show. Chelsea, Ashley, hello. Welcome back.
5: Hi. I've missed you guys.
6: We missed
1: you too. Uh, Have you seen each other throughout the months in socially distanced situations? Or mostly just this?
5: No, we've seen each other in, in but I will say Ashley's really too good at quarantining. So she actually like doesn't really need to see people, so that's really cut down. I'll be like, come over to my porch and stand twenty feet away. And she's actually like, I'm I'm great at home, so no, thank you.
6: I'm covered. <laughs> yeah, I'm exactly. good. yeah. I'm the only person who found my true calling, which was to sit alone in my apartment and write. I should have been living like this the whole time. <laughs>
1: And so, you know, some things have changed. Chelsea, when you were on last time, we were talking about your book club, your, you know, basically celebrity uh, memoir book club. It was just something you were doing for fun. And this has become a thing. It's become a podcast. It's so
5: crazy. Um, Yeah, I was, um, when, when we first talked, I was recapping my favorite celebrity memoirs on Instagram. Celebrity memoirs have always been my favorite book genre, which is, like, I think what happens when your nearest bookstore growing up is a Walmart, And um, (laughs) I just like genuinely love them. And they're so, they're filled with treasures. So now every episode, me and a guest recap of just a great celebrity memoir, like Jessica Simpson, Gabrielle Union, Tina Turner, and um, Ashley was the first guest. And we deep dive on Jessica Simpson.
6: Yeah, my favorite comment was the person who said, like, oh, I thought they were going to make fun of it, but they treated it like literature. It's like, it is literature. Like, (laughs) she wrote (laughs) a book. It's a very good book. Yeah. Uh, But they all are. Do you flip immediately to
1: the, you know, picture section in the middle? Uh, No. No, not
6: at all. (laughs)
5: But also, like, we're, we're just in a different time. Like, Mariah Carey's book is, I mean, how many photos have we seen of Mariah Carey, right? I think before you'd be like, oh, my God, photos. Uh, right. Now it's, like, truly joyful to read about, like, her mom and, and her dad and her, like, crazy siblings who she's, like, excommunicated and one drugged her and all these horrible things. And then you're reading that and then you get to the photo and put, you know, the... It, the photos mean so much more after you take in all of the trauma. That's right. the most
6: 2020 thing. Like you buy a memoir expecting pictures of Mariah Carey in gowns. And instead what you get is the most like layered discussion of like policing <laughs> and race and yes. she experienced during <laughs> her childhood. Like that is 2020. Come for the gowns. Get an academic understanding <laughs> of policing in America.
1: Yeah. It's like eating candy and then going like, huh, oh, it has fiber. And Ashley, I know, you know, one of your very early commercial acting jobs was a Christmas oh no. campaign. Oh, no. Uh, oh, yeah. For Big Lots. <laughs> for Big Lots. You know, when you did a Christmas gig, was that
6: was that a fun gig or was that like it was- making some money? <laughs> so much fun. And I did make money. I paid off my credit card. Um, But it was like so many firsts for me of like flying to a set and having this awesome lady set. And it was actually so much fun. I was in my 20s. I think all the other women were a little bit older. So they put me in this outfit that like they thought like a 40 year old plus size black woman would wear did my hair makeup everything. And I was like, oh, this is not me. But you know, whatever. I promise you we were shooting in a real big lot, and people were shopping while we were shooting A woman in head (laughs) to toe, same hairstyle, same style of outfit, same makeup. Came in shopping and I was like, These people know their customer.
5: Also, what is like so crazy and how Ashley and I's lives have always been intertwined, and I don't even think she knows this, is that I wrote on that ad campaign. Did <laughs> you? Is, yes. Not a awesome show. So, are you kidding I'm me? I'm not kidding. In Chicago. I'm sorry but I'm connected to your Christmas commercial.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
5: uh, uh, are you ready? You ready for some games? Ready for some games. Great. I'm going to try to do better
6: than last time. <laughs> I'm going to try and do worse.
1: <laughs> so you guys are playing against each other in this one. We'll play you sounds from different apps. Your job is to identify what those apps have in common. Okay. Chelsea, this first one is for you. Oh, here right? we go. Here we go. What type of apps are these?
5: Um, I'm going to say, um, um, uh, med- your medication app where it's like, to- <laughs> time to take your pills. <laughs> okay. They- so, That's uh, funny
6: because I was going to say old lady cell phone and I think those are the same. The same thing. <laughs>
1: old lady cell um, phone. The first one was something called Google Duo.
4: The second oh, okay. one
1: was FaceTime and the third one was Zoom. So those are video <laughs> calling app Sounds. Wow. Well, I mean, like,
5: I use use Zoom every day and nobody's ever rang me up. So I'm very (laughs) upset. (laughs) Maybe
1: you're always the last to arrive. Is that what you're saying? That actually is true today. So, yes.
5: All right,
3: Ashley, this is for you.
6: Oh, Netflix.
3: Oh! I'm gonna give it to you. It's TV streaming apps is what we're looking for. But yeah, that's right. You got the Netflix. You got the Netflix right, so you knew what it was.
1: All right, Chelsea. What category of app are these? Sweet. Oh! i
4: just like
6: Santa's yeah? workshop was in there. Oh, gaming app.
1: Yeah, that's right. Puzzle <laughs> games. Puzzle oh. games. That was Tetris, and then
5: Candy Crush, and then Dots. I do not play puzzle games because I like myself, and I. I
4: have. Wow. Yep.
1: But have you played real life Candy Crush? I have.
5: What's that? Where you just eat candy? <laughs> yeah, I just eat candy. Oh yeah, I played. This. I played for breakfast. I did great.
3: All right, Ashley. What type of apps are these?
6: Communication text apps?
3: That is correct. So those were WeChat, Facebook Messenger, and Kakao Talk.
1: I'm trying to only communicate
6: with people through uh, the comments on Venmo. That's my (laughs) 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 My coworker and I would get lunch and then I would like pay him. Back over Venmo, and every day I would try to write like a funny reason I was yep. paying him back, and it'd be like for the hotel room or like something really sexy. And then he just like very gently was like, You know, people can see these, like my wife can see. <laughs> I thought I was just messaging him, I didn't yep. know that they were public. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was
1: just on a podcast, and at the end, you know, they, they say, Where could people find you? And I just said, You can find me, and I gave my Venmo,
5: and that no. was it. Did you get money? <laughs> I did. That's oh, man. baller. That's wow. <laughs> I'm
3: gonna start I'm gonna doing start that. I'm
5: plugging my Venmo, my goodness. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay, I think you guys are tied. Wow, wow, whoa, whoa, whoa.
1: <laughs> More with Ashley Nicole Black and Chelsea Devantes after the break. And comedian Ray Ellen will play games with the man who voiced the imaginary friend in the movie Inside Out Richard Kind. It's not your imagination. This is really happening. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR.
7: On NPR's Throughline, We cannot function for 24 hours without cobalt Because it's in our smartphone, our tablet, our laptop. And as a consequence, the lives
8: of the people living in that part of the Congo descended into just a catastrophe.
7: Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts
6: On the Code Switch podcast, conversations about race don't start and stop with the news cycle. We know that race is always relevant and we have new topics, new voices and new stories for you every single week. Listen to the Code Switch podcast from NPR.
3: This is Ask Me Another, NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and inflatable lawn decorations. I'm Jonathan Colton. Here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg.
1: Thank you, Jonathan. We are playing games with two very funny people, Ashley Nicole Black and Chelsea Devantes. All right. Are you ready for another one? Ready. Yeah. All right. So this one is multiple choice. You're playing against each other, and it's all about brains. Okay. Okay. Ashley, this first one is for you. How much of your brain is water? A) None. It's the original <laughs> thirst trap. B) 30% or C) 75%. I think 75%.
6: That
5: is correct.
6: Yes, you know I know that cuz my brain is full of water.
5: Your brain. <laughs> Dang! You know what I also learned is that my brain is seventy-five percent wine, and (laughs) that occurred over the past three months, and it's been good for me.
3: I mean, there is water in wine, so yeah, yeah, we turned
6: water into wine, and who are we to go against Jesus?
1: That is true.
3: (laughs) That's a great. That's that's a a
5: great great point, point, Ashley. It's
3: (laughs) it's an argument ender for sure.
5: All right, Chelsea. Yes.
3: Your brain doesn't actually freeze during a brain freeze, okay. but it still hurts. Okay. Which of the following remedies is recommended by an article on Johns Hopkins Medical? A, eating a spoonful of salt, B, touching your tongue to the roof of your mouth, or C, eating ice cream upside down?
5: B, touching the t- your tongue to the roof of your mouth.
3: Yeah, that is absolutely right. Brain freeze is when, you know, something cold hits that bundle of nerves in the back of your palate. And the idea is that putting your warm tongue in the roof of your mouth will warm up those nerves again.
5: I had no that idea about that. crazy. This. Yeah, it's a bummer. I've been eating so much salt when I have brain freezes.
3: Yeah, it's just <laughs> fistfuls of salt and then I feel really bad. I
1: get. I'm very susceptible to brain freeze. I don't know if that's like a genetic thing. But I, oh. I,
3: I, don't, I don't really get it very often.
5: Well, are you eating ice cream enough? Is that a problem Almost for you? constantly. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's it. Your body's adapted, Jonathan. Your body. <laughs> <Yeah>, I'm,
1: <just, laughs>
3: I'm ice cold inside, maybe.
1: Dead inside. Study him. <laughs> All right, Ashley. Which of the following animals has the highest number of brains? A, the octopus. B, the leech, C, a man who just finished Infinite Jest. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> well, God. It's definitely not C, uh,
6: because all he has is a brain he borrowed from Barnes & Noble. Um, <laughs> I guess I'm
1: going to go with a leech. <laughs> Ashley, you picked correct, because it's the leech. The leech has 32
6: brains. Oh, (laughs) it's
1: 32 brains.
6: It's like a con artist. It's like, imagine having 32 brains and devoting them just to sucking other people's blood. Like,
5: (laughs) cure cancer
6: (laughs) or something.
3: (laughs) (laughs) All right, Chelsea, this is the last one. What task is next to impossible for most people to actually do? A, multitask. B, believe that cauliflower rice is real rice. (laughs) Or C, Empathize.
5: Did you say empathize? (laughs)
6: Empathize. oh I'm
5: so scared that one's gonna be it I'm so upset but that it only might for the
6: last four years not yeah. historically um, <laughs>
5: okay so listen I write hard for cauliflower rice that is some good <laughs> stuff and you can't convince no. me otherwise you put enough this is butter like in I it won't
6: let Chelsea make food for me
5: <laughs> oh yeah I'm also a very bad cook and I don't know how to do it so don't listen to <laughs> me. okay okay. I, okay so here's the thing I think we can multitask so mm. I guess I'm gonna say see empathize.
3: Uh, I'm happy to tell you that you are incorrect. The answer is multitask. <laughs> Thank.
5: I I don't know. <laughs> most
3: though. people can actually empathize. It doesn't seem that way, but it is true. Okay. When you say you're multitasking, you're not really. Really what's happening is your brain is just switching back and forth very quickly between two things. Right. Uh, and for most people, switching back and forth actually is less efficient at accomplishing those tasks than it would be if we did them First, this one and then. That one.
4: I don't
5: know though. When I watch TV and I'm on my phone, I feel like, wow, I'm really multitasking here. I mean, <laughs> I mean that's multitasking. I, uh, I listened to a true crime
1: podcast while hosting this. So,
4: <laughs> oh,
1: you both are a dream. You did wonderful with that brain quiz. So Yay. wonderful. Thank you so much. Ashley Nicole Black writes and stars on a Black Lady Sketch Show. Chelsea Devantes hosts the podcast. Celebrity Book Club. Thank you so much again. Bye. Thank
5: you. Bye.
1: Our next two contestants are on the line. Ray Ellen, who is the executive producer of Comedy Central's This Week at the Comedy Cellar, and Richard Kind, an actor you know from basically everything you love. Ray, Richard, thank you for joining us. Welcome to Ask Me Another.
7: Hello. It's a pleasure to be here. And Ray, you're mine this afternoon. I'm going to, you're mine. (laughs)
0: I am, <laughs> I am, I'm up for the challenge Richard. I'm ready to take you down
1: I love that I love that uh you know I know Ray I know Ray from comedy yeah. and I feel like you are one of the key people that I know who have transitioned quite nicely into the internet field
0: oh thank you thank you yeah I'm I'm pleased so far with how it's been how I been going. No. <laughs> I've
7: I've hit a brick wall. But,
4: I have not transitioned
7: anywhere but, near. But it. rich,
0: rich, you what? did. So I, I've done probably about ninety Zoom shows, and you you and I did three or four together, and they were fun. They were fun. You did great. I do Zooms. Are you talking about a living? Oh,
7: about making well, well. money.
1: Oh, well. every time I well. turn on
7: Zoom, electricity is wasted and no money. Change his hand. <laughs> this afternoon at, at six o'clock, I'm going on a streamed charity event. There's a retirement home in Trenton, New Jersey, and mm-hmm. which is my hometown. And they usually have a gal every year raise the money. Can't this year. So they're interviewing hometown boy, Richard Kind, <laughs> and charging anywhere from 1000 to $2,500 a ticket. Wow. And, oh. and Ophira, Jonathan, you're getting it for free.
1: Ah. Well, you know, let's play a game. Let's play a game and see how things go. You're going to be playing against each other in this first game, so you'll take turns answering questions. Uh, It's called This, That, or The Other. Basically how it works is we'll give you a word or phrase, and you just have to tell us which of the following three categories it belongs to.
3: So today's categories are G.I. Joe action figures, terminology from the casino dice game, craps, or the name of a musical supergroup. Of course, a supergroup is when musicians who are already famous team up together
0: to form a band. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. Ray, this first one's for you. Okay. Deep Six. Uh,
0: I don't think that's a craps term. Uh, G.I. Joe or supergroup. Uh... That might be too advanced for G.I. Joe's. Uh, hmm. I'll go. I'll say Supergroup.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. That is incorrect. It is. It is just advanced enough for G.I. Joe's. Deep Six is a nautical Joe. Yeah. Who appeared in PSAs about the importance of life jackets.
3: Oh, rats. (laughs) All right, Richard. Here is one for you. Little Joe. G.I. Joe craps or Supergroup?
7: Well, I think it's it's a a G.I. Joe. I think that's his illegitimate child. (laughs)
3: <laughs> uh, it is actually, it's a craps term.
0: Whoa. It's a roll of four. A little Joe.
1: All right, Ray. Okay. Super M.
0: Super M?
1: Yeah, that's right. Super M, as in Mary.
0: Uh, well, I have a one in three shot here. That's right. Um, mm-hmm. th- that sounds like a super group, but you know what? I will go with G.I. Joe for super M.
1: Should have gone with super group. Oh! <laughs> Oh, my God. It's too obvious to be That's a super group. Yeah, exactly. Super <laughs> M is a K-pop supergroup with the members from, uh, you know, a bunch of different super groups, Shiny, EXO, NCT, Wavy. They were billed as the Avengers of K-pop. Uh,
7: do me a favor. Ophira, ask me another...
1: Uh, Thank you.
7: Thank Thank you for saying the name of the show. Finally,
1: someone understands the name of the show. Please. Finally. Please
7: ask me another.
3: All right, Richard, here's one for you. Steamroller. Sounds
7: like it should be a rock rock band. Mm
4: -hmm. I
7: don't believe it is. Okay. I am almost sure that it's not a craps term, although it could be a guy who's on a roll. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to say G.I. Joe.
3: You are absolutely correct. Wow. Whoa. Wow. It is a G.I. Joe. His specialty is operating cranes and other heavy machinery. And apparently his, his real name is Avril, Avril B. Whitcomb. See, mm-hmm. G- Admiral B. B. Whitcomb.
1: <laughs> that I knew. All right. Richard's on the board. Ray. Okay. This one's for you. Big red. Big red. Red.
0: Oh, man. Uh, Big Red. Uh, I don't think that's craps. Uh, It sounds like it could be like a G.I. Joe counterpart or enemy, Uh, but uh, I will go with Supergroup.
1: I'm sorry, that is incorrect. It's craps. That's craps.
0: craps. Oh, you knew that one, Richard.
1: Yeah,
3: I
7: said that. They can't say this on radio, but I'm going. You knew it.
1: It's craps. What is it? So it's a... it's the most common bet in craps when okay. you wager that the next roll will be a seven. Interesting. Yeah, there's a likelihood of a little less than seventeen percent.
0: All
3: right, this is the last one. Richard, is for you. But hold on, I just want oh. to go
7: on record. Yes. You are you are stymied, Ray. I have <laughs> won. Yeah, it's true. I he just won. want you to know, I have won. Ask me another, and it doesn't <laughs> matter. <laughs> I have one, and that's all that's important.
3: You have one just, just for just oh. for bragging rights for an extra point. Yes, Big Ben. Wow, a I one. don't believe
7: it's a craps term. Okay, I it should be a GI Joe. Mm-hmm. It sounds like it, but I don't believe it is. All right. So I'm going to say a supergroup.
3: You were almost there. It is a GI Joe. <laughs> ah, I knew that, that, that. Too one? easy. <laughs> Really? It's a G.I. Joe? Big Ben is so a G.I. G.I. Joe? They, his, his his name is Big Ben because he's British. Yeah. So they, they
7: call yes. him Big Ben. All righty.
1: <laughs> well, we we all know how that went. That was awesome. Thank you. It yeah. was a great <laughs> yeah. first game. All right. Are you, Richard and Ray, are you ready for another game?
0: Yes, I am. Please. Yes. Dear
7: God, let this be harder. Let this be a harder
1: game. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan is going to sing the clues in this game. Oh, which fun. Exciting. Oh, I'm glad, I'm glad I shut up and I heard that. Okay, Yeah, great. <laughs> it's called Jamming Out. It's called jamming Out. Uh, and, you know, Ray, this might be your moment to pull way ahead. This is my
0: redemption game right here. <laughs>
3: well, well, we'll see what happens. I, I'm <laughs> going to play a song by a jam band, but with the lyrics changed to make it about a kind of fruit. So all you have to do is tell me which fruit I am singing about. And you will get the point. If you want to show off, you can also tell me the song I'm parodying or the artist who made it famous, but that is not required. Really, what we're looking for here is the fruit. All right, Richard, we're going to start with you. Oh,
0: okay. Good.
3: Here we go.
2: Well, the ripe fruits are the softest fruits. Can you please just wait a bit? When you bake a pie with these, be sure to remove the pits. Put it in a text for a bit of smut. Whoa, this
7: emoji shows a human butt. First of all, let me say, adorable, beautifully <laughs> Thank performed. Thank you. If I'm wrong on this, I leave this podcast <laughs>
0: now. What? It's a peach.
7: It's a peach, you it are
0: correct. Right. I knew that one.
3: All right. And that was, uh, of course, that was Uncle John's band by the Grateful Dead. Of course. Of course. The jam band of all jam bands. Uh, Okay, Ray, this one is for you. All right.
2: Melon to fill out a fruit salad. It's under right now a flavor. Typically quite pallid that no one likes now it's also a muppet who loves science has a big head now beaker is a part of his alliance
0: and he says me meet, meet now the the song is uh is uh by uh gosh I know I know the lead singer's uh, ex-girlfriend <laughs> Jesus um <laughs>
1: <laughs> we find personally knowing people in our answers really messes with people's uh, it's really it's, uh, it, it yeah. really yeah.
0: It's, yeah. I well the fruit I, I uh well let's see uh, where do I begin? Um it's a melon that uh, shares the name with a scientist. Uh is it the Bill Nye fruit? Uh <laughs> This is, this is
3: the one when you're eating, you're like, man, I wish I had some cantaloupe instead, which you never well, seen. Well, this can't be the
0: honeydew, because I love honeydew. It is the
7: honeydew.
3: That's the
0: honeydew. Really? Yeah. Honey, yes. I love honeydew.
7: <laughs> no, it's not salad, really?
0: It's mag- yes, it's magnificent.
7: As do I. Wow. As wow. do I, and we're, we're leaving in protest. But the,
0: the song, uh, I, I know it's on the tip of my tongue, the the artist and the song, uh, Two Princes. Uh, By Rebecca's (laughs) ex-boyfriend.
3: Who is in a band called... The Spin (laughs) Doctor. All right, Richard, here's one for you. Adam and Eve
2: living in their birthday suit. God said just one thing, please don't eat of that fruit. Was it red delicious that she ate that day? Oh, was it a Macintosh that tempted her to stray? When she finally took a chance, it's when they had to put on pants.
7: Um, my uh, <laughs> my parents have passed away, and they would guess this fruit today. <laughs> today, now. Today, today they would, It's an apple.
0: It is an apple. That is it correct. Is an apple. And that was sung by uh, Hootie Hootie and the Blowfish. So Hootie and uh, the Blowfish song, that's right. Yeah, and the, the lead singer Darius Rucker. I met him at a Knicks game.
4: <laughs> oh <my
1: God>. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely fellow. I can't wait to hear how you know this last clue. I can't <laughs> wait. Uh,
3: I, and I should say, yeah, that was that was Hootie the Blowfish and Only Wanna Be With You with yeah. this song. Uh, okay, Ray, this is the last question. All right, that it is for you. It's a fruit, not a veggie,
2: yeah, we use it like a veggie, pickles of fruit, not a veggie, yeah, they have many a
3: seed,
2: I don't care, it's not a
0: veggie, cause some slices on my eyes are all I need. I was going to guess... Tomato. But then at the end, when you said you put them on your eyes, Mm. I would Mm -hmm. say cucumber.
3: Mm. Cucumber is correct. Yes. Actually, a fruit,
0: the cucumber. Who sings that, this song? Like a black magic woman. Yeah. Yeah.
7: That's right. Santana. Santana. Of course. No, I listened to it. Of course. Yeah, of of course. Santana did.
3: Ray, personal connection to uh, Santana, or we're all going to be disappointed?
0: Uh, Santana uh, was on the David Letterman show uh, when I did the audience warm-up, when I filled in for a week uh, doing the warm-up on the Letterman show.
7: And I used to play Mahjong with the whole gang.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So there you go. Is Carlos a, a, a good Mahjong player? Very good. (laughs) <laughs> One bam, two crack. He loved it.
7: <laughs>
1: One bam, two crack. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, thank you so much, Ray. It is a comedian, executive producer of Comedy Central's this week at the Comedy Cellar, and hosts virtual comedy shows on the web site Comedy Cloud. And you've seen Richard Kind in basically every good show on television, every movie you love, and voicing every animated character that lives in your heart. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank
4: thank you, you, guys. Thank, thank
0: you, you, you had so fun. much.
1: fun. <laughs> After a media timeout, we'll be back with former pro football player turned actor Namdi Assamwa. He'll play a game about one of his favorite things Christmas movies. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR.
6: Drake and Kendrick Lamar have been lobbing some serious accusations at each other. You've probably heard the diss tracks and wondered what's just a low blow and what's actually criminal. I'm Brittany Luce, host of It's Been a Minute from NPR. And I'm getting into what's art and what's worthy of criminal investigation and who those accusations hurt the most on It's Been a Minute from NPR. Feel like the world is on fire? Shortwave is your antidote. We find joy and beauty in the science of the planet we live on, how people are taking action in the face of climate change, the many weird and wonderful ways animals have adapted to a changing world in the past and present, and how technology is pushing us forward.
1: Listen now to the shortwave podcast from NPR.
6: Every weekday, NPR's best political reporters come to you on the NPR Politics Podcast to explain the big news coming out of Washington, the campaign trail and beyond. We don't just want to tell you what happened. We tell you why it matters. Join the NPR Politics Podcast every single afternoon to understand the world through political eyes.
3: This is NPR's Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Here is your host, Ophira Eisenberg.
1: It's time to welcome our special guest. He's an actor, producer, and former NFL player. He stars opposite Tessa Thompson in the new film, Sylvie's Love, which is available to stream on Amazon beginning December 23rd. Namdi Asabwa. hello.
8: Hey, great to be here. Thanks for having me.
1: So you know, I know from you know talking to you through many people that you love Christmas movies.
8: <laughs> I do love Christmas movies. <laughs> do,
1: do Are you? Have you watched any yet?
8: Uh, no, no, no. It starts probably that week of Christmas, and then it's nonstop oh. in the house. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's nonstop. Um, but it's but it's it's a rotation of like the same few movies, so it doesn't. It,
1: yeah, oh, you're on yeah, a loop?
8: It yeah, it's, okay. it's not a little bit of a loop, but it's fun. It's, it's yeah. great. I mean, I think we know the words to every one of those three movies.
1: Oh, what are the three?
8: <laughs> um, so it's, it's basically Home Alone, <laughs> it's, it's a Wonderful Life. You would call it It's a Wonderful Life a Christmas movie, right?
1: Definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah
8: It's a Wonderful Life and uh, a Christmas Story. Yeah, fantastic
1: yeah. okay. those, those are yeah, those are great. Yeah. Uh, I have a soft spot for Scrooged.
3: Oh, Scrooged! Oh, <laughs> no, I love Scrooged. I
1: feel like that is an underrated Christmas
3: one. movie that I always
8: forget about, but it's a good movie.
1: Yeah, it's a good one. Oh, There's it's a, so good.
8: I think I know all the words to Scrooge too. I'm, I'm being honest <laughs> with you. I think I do. That is yeah. a great one.
3: Oh man, Jonathan, what? Give me one. What's your fifth? I mean, those are the ones for me. But you know, my kids are—I uh, mean, they're getting older now. But for a while, we were held hostage by what they wanted to watch, and so they got—they got started early on all of the stop motion, on all the weird like Rankin Bass stop motion oh, ones sure. from the yeah, '70s, yeah, yeah. which, which sure. a lot of those don't hold up all that well. <laughs> and if you have to watch them over and over, they start to make you a little crazy. <laughs> You're talking about like Rudolph and. That's and what
1: I was thinking. Yeah, Rudolph. Yeah, Rudolph.
3: is Rudolph. Lord. Yeah. There's a one where Mickey Rooney plays a young Santa yeah. Claus. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like the sto- the origin story of Santa Claus, but it's all stuff that I've, you've never heard of before. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's that right. one is that one is particularly trippy for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> right. Right.
1: Um, Nobby, so you were a professional football player, and now you're an actor. How did you find your way to acting?
8: Um, how did I find my way to acting? I, th- I, Look, I'd always loved movies. I always loved, I mean, when I was a kid, you know, there was a period of time when we had one TV in the house. And I lobbied my parents to have that in my room. <laughs> So I shared, I shared a room with my brother, and we got the TV. I mean, we that got it is, for about— That's oh. amazing. <laughs> it, it was great, and we got it for nearly a year um, until it was taken away uh, from us. But I think it was one of those things that was always sort of inside of me, something that I always loved. And when you finish playing a career that you've kind of been doing for about 20 years— and you have to find something new. I mean, it's mm. important to find something that you love. So I went into to this field because it was something I loved.
1: Right. So, okay, so as a professional football player, uh, you played for 11 seasons. You were considered one of the best shutdown corners in the NFL. Now, as I say those words, you might notice, I don't that know what they You have no are clue what you're
4: saying. <laughs>
8: <laughs> I'm like, does You have any idea what she's saying? So,
1: but anyways, I actually do not know. For for our listeners and me, can you tell me what a shutdown corner is?
8: Uh, I, uh, it's uh, basically the cornerback position is that you're on defense. Obviously, you know who the quarterback is, right? He throws the ball to a yeah. guy and hopefully they get a touchdown. So your job on defense is to make sure that the guy the quarterback's throwing to doesn't catch the ball. Um, and so that, and so when you're a shutdown corner that means that you predominantly play boy this is about to go right over your head but I'm
1: re- I'm, ready. I, I'm ready. I love it. I love it.
8: It means you predominantly play in a scheme um, called man to man which means you have little to no help. And, and, and you have to, and you have to do this. So basically they're going forward. They know exactly where they need to get and you're going backwards and you have no clue where they're trying to go, but you have to get there before them, you know? So that's the, uh, I think it's one of the most difficult positions in all of sports to play. So it's, yeah, uh, yeah, that's a shutdown corner. It's uh, Yeah but you you learn some tricks along the way and you figure it out. <laughs>
1: okay, so you're Ofira. I have to uh, ask
8: you I have to ask you a question. Where does your name come from?
1: My name it's uh it's a very old Hebrew name. Um Ophira, and it okay. and it's and it's and it's, typic- it's typically popular in Israel, but even in Israel nobody names their kids Ofira. <laughs> Ophira, okay. Old and unpopular. <laughs>
8: Got it. Got it. Okay. And did you? So, so, so. With that, growing up, because I also have a a, a name that's you know not common. um, Yeah. uh, And so, growing up, did you? Was that a weird thing for you? Did you Uh, not like? I hated it. I hated it. it, I wanted
1: to be a Tracy or a Sarah so badly. (laughs) I thought they were all better than me. That's probably yeah. So I I felt. But now you've
3: embraced it, right?
1: Sorta. Sorta. sorta.
3: It's why you ended up on NPR. It's like a That's perfect right. NPR
1: name. How did you feel about your name growing up?
8: I was actually fine with my name growing up. Like in, in our family, the ancestors, you know, they just give a bunch of names to kids. So I have like four middle names. Um, and, you know, I was cool with all of them and none of them will make sense to you. And um, they'll, all, they'll all sound strange. But yeah, it's, I was always fine with it, actually.
1: So Namdi, what are your four middle? Did you say four middle names? Do you have four middle names?
8: The main ones that I use are Ezenwa, and I use Onyekachi. I said four, but there are. I mean, we'd be here all day. I mean, (laughs) you just have a ton of and and. But the crazy thing is, if you're around them, you have to know that that's your name. So you have to answer to it, even though you you've never heard it before. They're calling you.
3: Refer to you by one of your middle names. They're a test.
8: it's a te- they refer to you by the name of their household oh, that they've right. given you, you oh, know, see. and so okay. you kind of like if I'm around a group and they say, Ezenwa, I have to turn and be like, hey, how's it going? Even though I never use that name, you right, know, right. Or, or, you know, we have Jachima or Tochi or, you know, all of these names you just got, you just have to know.
1: Jonathan, how has your name affected your personality?
3: <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. My my father's name was John. My grandfather's name was John. Wow. Uh, oh. And my mother, and everybody wanted me to be John the Third, but my mother was like, absolutely not. His name is Jonathan. Wow. <laughs> oh, I love, like I love
7: it. I love it. A little tiny <laughs> twist of the knife. Yeah. So that's
3: that's that's uh that's sort of the origin story behind my name, which I don't know what that says about my personality now. But
1: uh, <laughs> slightly uh, different, but not uh, too much. <laughs> uh, there you
3: go.
1: <laughs> so you're in this new movie, Sylvie's Love. Uh, you star opposite Tessa Thompson, who plays Sylvie. And your character, Robert, is an aspiring jazz saxophonist who meets Sylvie uh, and then starts working in her dad's record store. And it's set in New York in the late 50s. So, and... And then your character in the movie uh, plays tenor saxophone. I, I'm just wondering what kind of you know, tutoring or education did you have to give yourself, unless you were already familiar with playing that I instrument. I mean, that's
3: also like playing cornerback. It's the same thing, basically. Yeah, yeah, it's
8: the exact same thing. Exactly. <laughs> no, no I, I, I wasn't familiar. But yeah, I trained for saxophone for um, over a year for this part. Yeah. Just to get it down and to get down the music.
1: Wow. Have you decided that you want to keep playing?
8: I I would love to keep playing, but I don't. (laughs) I don't. I mean, once we finished shooting, I sort of put it down. My entire family was sort of tired of me playing (laughs) that all hours. So I just stopped playing. They're
4: like, could you stop with the saxophone? You're like, all right, bye.
1: Okay. (laughs) Um, Nandi. You know, before we have a segment with uh, a celebrity, we usually ask them. You know, what are that? What are you into? Some people don't say anything, uh, and some people say things that are very specific, like you, because you said that you like Christmas movies. And what a time to say that. So many what a Christmas time to say that. That's <laughs> what a right. time to say that. Ideal time to say that. I love it. So many Christmas movies are so popular that, of course, someone tried to make a sequel. So in this game, Jonathan and I will give you the plot synopsis of the real sequel to a classic Christmas movie. Oh, yes. You tell us the name of the original film.
8: Okay, good, good, good. What do I get if I win?
1: You get a recording of this appearance.
3: Uh-huh, you can keep the recording. <laughs> Otherwise, you have to throw the recording away.
1: <laughs> yeah. So all right, what all I'm right. saying is that the stakes are high. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs>
8: I'm in. Okay.
1: Okay. I think this first one's going to be a total gimme, but you know, we're just setting a stage here.
8: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need that. Okay,
1: here's oh. your first one. Kevin McAllister's parents separate, and Kevin must defend his father's girlfriend's mansion from the same criminal who attacked him in the first two movies. This made for TV movie features none of the original cast.
8: Oh, this is, you know what's interesting is I never saw the third one. So you're talking about Home Alone 3, I, I believe, right?
1: Close.
8: Wait, you're talking about Home Alone I mean- 4?
1: Yeah, you just exactly. You already got the pro- the the property Home Alone, so you get. That. Is there a Home Alone four? There's a Is Home this... Alone four.
8: No way! I didn't. Yes. But I didn't even know. I thought I was like, wow, okay. So there's a Home Alone four. I haven't even seen Home Alone three. I've only seen the first two.
1: Actually, um, so there have been five Home Alone movies. The third and the fifth film are about different families. <laughs>
3: That's oh, like
1: man. A, at a certain point they just named something they had on the shelf Home Alone.
3: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right, here's another one.
8: By so, the way, by oh, the way, Jonathan, uh Home Alone 2 is one of to me one of those sequels that actually could could be considered better than the first one. Really? Just like Godfather 2, yeah. It's
3: it's Home Alone alone 2 is the Empire Strikes Back of uh, Home Alone. There you go, there you go, there you go. Okay, (laughs) there you go. (laughs) All right, here's the next one. Set years after the events of the original film, Ralphie is now 15 years old and pines for a used 1939 Mercury 8 convertible. While opening the car, he sets off an unlikely sequence of events, resulting in a plastic reindeer smashing through the convertible's roof, he and his pal scrambled to raise enough money to fix the car before Christmas.
8: So, I did not know there was a Christmas story sequel. I did we're, not. We're learning we're a lot here, of things. We're
1: here in this to give game. you things.
3: What is happening right Christmas now? Christmas story like, is correct, it,
1: yeah. This was the it, second, it, it, yeah.
3: This was the second sequel in the Christmas story universe. So, there was a, a sequel called My Summer Story that came first. But this, this one, of Christmas really? Story 2, completely ignores the events of that film. So it's a strange What? Yeah. We have but a
1: trailer though. You want to hear the trailer?
3: No, no, no. I'm okay. <laughs> 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 I'm okay. It's
8: I'm, like,
1: no,
4: I'm
8: thank sorry, you. I didn't I didn't no, mean it you. as a
1: question. We're gonna hear the trailer. Yeah, that's right.
8: That's <laughs> right.
7: <laughs> Ralphie is back. Ralphie? Ralphie! Ralphie? Now he's a bigger kid with an even bigger wish. Holy jeez. A Christmas story too. The official sequel. The
3: timeless tradition continues.
1: Yep. That was rough.
8: That was rough. (laughs) But I
1: (laughs) okay. Here's your next one. In this don't say. Hold
8: on. Hold on. Hold on. Try to. Is there a way to say it without saying the character?
1: Oh, you want me to make it harder? Yes, there is. Do you know what I mean?
8: Okay, let's. I think
1: so. Okay. Yeah. All right. In this 1977 prequel to an animated classic, the titular villain terrorizes a small town populated by people with goofy hairstyles during a different holiday this time it's Halloween
8: but it could it can't be the Grinch right
1: oh yes it can
8: it's the Grinch Wow yes,
1: they made Wait. Halloween is Grinch night
8: never oh, okay we
1: have a TV commercial clip for that let's hear it <laughs> okay
7: <laughs> they don't talk about it much in Whoville, but before he stole Christmas. The Grinch haunted Halloween. That's,
1: That's it. it. That's it. Not even. Oh wow. You're That's, a uh, boo one. Nothing.
3: There was nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, gonna okay. I'm gonna pass on that one. Yeah.
1: No. I'm gonna pass to as that. well. <laughs> <laughs> Here's your last one. You oh, been doing? Man. You've been doing amazing. You oh, doubt okay. your answer, but you get them right every single time. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So here we go. The original crossover event of the century, our hoofed heroic misfit teams up with a snow thing. I'm trying to take the person, the people out. Uh, Teams up to defeat the evil king, Winterbolt. On their journey, our heroes must travel to the Circus by the Sea and the Cave of Lost Rejections.
8: I'm I'm so disappointed right now. I don't think I <laughs> I don't think I have this one. Um so hoofed, right?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. the
8: only thing I pulled. That's Rudolph No.
1: Yes. Yeah. Rudolph yeah, and Frosty, I guess. Yeah, so the original was of course Rudolph, the red nosed reindeer, and the second one is called Rudolph and Frosty's Christmas in July. <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh, okay, what yeah, is it? We okay. Oh, we have a
1: clip from the beginning of this movie to prove that Rudolph and Frosty know each other. All right, let's hear oh, it. Oh, dear. Hear it. <laughs> All right. Right. oh, dear. Hey,
2: Frosty! Hey, Rudolph!
4: Wow, there you go. They're they old know friends.
1: each other. They're old friends. They're old friends.
8: They're old
3: friends. They're friends from the various Christmas conventions that they attend. That's, right, that's, that's
1: right. I love the cave of lost rejections. That is my favorite thing. The, uh, I have a email inbox of active rejections. <laughs> that's, that's where I go. That's where I go during the holidays. All right. So, um, I, have, right I have
8: one for you guys.
1: Great. Yeah, all
3: right, good.
8: Um, because I was waiting for it and it didn't come. And I don't even know how to describe it, but I'm just going to. I'm gonna describe the first one.
1: Okay, okay. Okay.
8: A guy discovers he's and I can't say who yes. he discovers because that'll yeah. give it away. Okay. And the question is, who is the lead actor in the film?
1: Okay. Jonathan Colton, I feel I like think you I think I know. I
3: think I know the answer. Yeah. So you, you, I think you were talking about the Santa Claus, right? Well done. And it's Tim Allen is the is the lead actor. Well
8: done, Jonathan. And uh, yeah. And what do I get? And, yeah, oh, well done. Well, <laughs> you get a recording of this uh Yeah, that's fair. That fair.
1: <laughs> no, no, you win. You win a recording. Win it's, all re- <laughs> it's all in the phrasing. It's all in the phrasing. <laughs> uh, you got the ball. You did. I
8: did. Perfect. Oh, perfect. You oh, you,
1: perfect. you. you, you assumed. I, I feel like you just assumed the whole thing ahead of time since that's oh, your superpower yeah. mm-hmm. and figured out our strategy. <laughs> you read our body and then just, Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so that's right. Thank you so much. Uh, Namdi Asambwa's new film Sylvie's Love will be available on Amazon Prime December twenty third. Thank you so much for joining us. It was a thank blast. you,
8: guys. Oh, this is great.
3: Thank you thank very you much. Know. Pleasure. All right. See you.
1: That's our show. Ask Me Another's house musician is Jonathan Colton.
3: Hey, my name anagrams to thou to cannon.
1: Our puzzles were written by our staff, along with Camilla Franklin, Carol Lee, Kara Weinberger, and Emily Winter. Ask Me Another is produced by Travis Larchuk, Nancy Seychow, James Farber, Rimmel Wood, and our intern, Sam Yellowhorse Kessler.
3: Yells reseals homework.
1: Our senior supervising producer is Rachel Neal, and our bosses' bosses are Steve Nelson and Anya Grunman. We'd like to thank our production partner, WNYC. I'm her ripe begonias ophira eisenberg and this was ask me another from npr hey you're still listening fantastic so since you're still here why not pop over to apple podcasts and write us a review we'd love to hear from you and it also helps others find out about our show for information about new episodes bonus videos and more follow us on facebook twitter or instagram thanks Next time on Ask Me Another, it's our 2020 office holiday Zoom party. And stopping by is Grammy-nominated musician Andrew Bird. He chats about his new holiday album, Hark. Plus, making their radio debut are the NPR Christmas carols. That's right, three women who work at NPR named Carol sing. So join me on NPR's Ask Me Another, the answer to life's funnier questions.
7: kind of show people listen to in a more perfect world. So make your world more perfect. Every week, Bullseye puts the pop in culture, interviewing brilliant authors, musicians, actors, and novelists to keep you on your pop culture target. Listen to the Bullseye podcast, only from NPR and Maximum Fun.
0: For the seventh year on the Code Switch podcast, conversations about race and identity go way beyond the day's headlines. Because we know what's part of every person is part of every story. We're bringing that perspective with new episodes every
4: week. Listen on the Code Switch podcast from NPR.